Hello, everyone. Welcome to NBA Unwrapped, episode 42. I'm Corbin Weinerman, joined by, as always, Perry Aston. Perry, how's it going? What's going on, guys? Glad to be here. We got another really exciting episode for you guys. We're going to be talking about, obviously, the Victor Oladipo injury that just happened earlier tonight. We're recording on Wednesday night. Before we get into that and more, just want to remind you guys that you can listen to us on podcast.com, on the Apple iTunes podcast app, and also on the Pulse Podcast Network. If you're on the Apple iTunes podcast app, we'd really appreciate you going in giving us a five-star review. really helps us out. Uh, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at NBA Unwrapped. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Unwrapped. Follow Perry on Twitter at Perry Aston. Also, if you haven't had the chance yet, go ahead and check out our brand new website, yeah. UnwrappedSports.com. Just launched that not even a week ago. It was, I think, about three days ago, three or four. UnwrappedSports.com. We have all of our podcasts on there in one central hub, as well as some amazing articles already up there. There's three of them. One's from Mike, one's from Christian, one's from Corbin. A1 work, and we already have eight contributors as of, like you said, we're recording on Wednesday night. It seems like they're coming in more and more as I go to sleep and wake up, so it's amazing to see the outreach from you guys. It's humbling, and I'm so excited to bring on so many awesome people onto our team. Just looking for more and more people that love sports as much as we do, would like a platform for their work, and want to grow with us. It's an early time to get in with us, but it's the best time to get in with us. We're a great team around here, and everyone we've added, I couldn't be more proud to have them on the team. So excited. Make sure to go check out unwrappedsports.com for everything you need. Yeah, and guys, if you're listening and you are interested in being a contributor for us, go ahead and either message me on Twitter, message Perry on Twitter, message our Twitter page for any, any NBA of our accounts, yeah, yeah, NBA, NFL, any of them, contact us and we'll find a way to get you on the team. Yeah, we'd love to have you. We're just really excited and uh, we're looking to grow with as many people as we possibly can. Let's move on to NBA news. want to start off with some just horrible news with Victor Oladipo. Uh, Pacers were playing the Raptors tonight and uh, I think it was midway through the second quarter. Uh, Victor Oladipo came down just awkwardly on his knee. We put up the video onto our Twitter page, so if you haven't seen it, you can see it there. Uh, the injury itself actually didn't look too terrible, but you can see after Oladipo goes down, he was wearing a sleeve on his knee. He rolls the sleeve back, looks at his knee, and Turned just right. grimaces at it, and uh, the other Pacers players start calling for the medical staff immediately. Yeah, and the medical staff came out, and they actually covered his knee with a towel because it was that mangled is what I've been hearing. It was that bad to where they didn't even want anyone in the crowd, you know, getting a picture of that or having yeah. to experience that themselves. So they immediately covered him up. It That alone to me is such a scary thing to see them have to cover it up because physically you can tell how bad it is, let alone an MRI. It's probably, it's definitely season ending and it could affect him moving forward. It's really awful. Yeah. Pacers have already said that they are expecting Victor Oladipo to be out for the rest of the year. Nothing is official. He's going to get an MRI tomorrow. Right. Pacers, as of tonight, Wednesday night, were or are the number three seed in the East at thirty-two and fifteen. They're a game ahead of the Sixers and two and a half games ahead of the Celtics. It's just it's a bummer for obviously for Victor Oladipo for the Pacers and their fans, but for the NBA fans as well. The East had five teams that were clearly the top five teams in the East. I was expecting to at least have that 4-5 matchup be a really good matchup in the first round. And now with Oladipo out, Pacers probably still make the playoffs. I mean, they have 
a nine and a half game lead on eighth place. And I mean, uh, it's it's not going to be as difficult in the East because yes, yeah. the top of the East is actually performing very well. But you got Charlotte and Miami both under five hundred. They're both seven and eight right now. So it's not like you need to even be a, a sub or you don't need to have a five hundred record to be in the playoff picture right now. Yeah, so I mean, the Pacers. I think they'll still definitely end up making the playoffs, but. I mean, the Bucks are first in the East at 34 and 12. Pacers are third at 32 and 15. They were right there. They're not a contender anymore. And you really got to feel for the Pacers franchise having what happened to Paul George just, what was it, four or five years ago. And now the player who they ended up trading away Paul George for, along with DeMontis Sabonis, Seems like a ends curse. up having another gruesome leg injury. A little bit different than Paul George's, but still, just it just sucks. And as soon as you see Paul George tweeting out towards a player, prayers up, you know it was a you know it's a knee injury, you know it's a leg injury, you know it's exactly similar to his. Every time it happens, Gordon Hayward, Paul George was the most vocal, just saying, I'm here for you if you need it. Paul George gets it. It was the worst injury that I've seen in the NBA, just with his leg literally snapping. It was insane. It was Anderson Silva esque and it was disgusting. So I'm glad at least it wasn't as visually gruesome, but it's still the same result. And so sorry for Victor Oladipo, who was part of the 2017-2018 All-NBA team. He was an All-Star. And although he's not having the exact same year as last year, so we were just talking about it, 19 points a game, 5.7 rebounds, 5.3 assists. He's still your best player. So this is tough. Yeah, I think more importantly with Victor Oladipo, though, even if stats-wise he wasn't having the same numbers as last year Pacers were playing better this year than they were last year last year they were a really good story no one expected them to make the playoffs this year you were thinking okay they're going to make the playoffs but they're not serious contenders in the east well they were up until the Victor Oladipo injury and he was still playing at an all-star level for sure Um, I think part of the stats decrease is just he had better skill around him so he didn't have to do quite as much but right. yeah you just you really feel for Oladipo for the Pacers hopefully hopefully the Pacers didn't rule him out for sure hopefully the MRI tomorrow just comes out and it's something that we didn't expect and it's not nearly as bad um but I mean, I can't remember any other time where a team has said, "Yeah, we expect this player to be done for the year," and then and they're not going to jump back. the gun and say that if they don't genuinely think that's indeed the case. And if Woj tweeted it, it happened. He said it's going to be season-ending, yeah. so I'm going to trust uh, our most reliable source. Let's move on from the Victor Oladipo stuff and talk about a positive note: someone doing something really well and well for a long time. James Harden, he dropped 61 points tonight at Madison Square Garden. He hit the 30-point mark for a 21st straight game, which extended his record for most consecutive 30-point games since the NBA-ABA merger. James Harden, 61 points at Madison Square Garden, also tied a record that Kobe shared by himself and now shares with James Harden of most points by a visiting player at MSG. Carmelo Anthony has the record for most points ever scored at MSG with 62, so Harden was one point off of that. Perry, I know we've talked about Harden's ridiculous run that he's been on before. (sighs) You guys spoke about it last week, but that's just, I mean, he keeps doing what he's doing, so we got to keep talking about it. James Harden is insane, and he's playing out of his mind, and he has to because the team that he has around him, very injury-riddled, and they aren't poised for the same run as last year. So he has to put a lot more on his back right now than he would have had two years past. So right now, he's playing out of his mind, but 
he has to do this in order to win. And he's putting up like 50 free throws at games, it seems like. So people hate him on Twitter. Everyone on Twitter hates the fact that he's going to score 50 points, but there's 40 free throws in the game. I just credit that to him just evolving with the game. He's the kind of guy that, yeah, maybe he gets a couple calls in his favor here and there, but he's the slipperiest player in the NBA. He is the most shifty player. There's, you know, he's a gypsy. He finds a way <laughs> to get around you, slither around you like a snake and find a way to not just get the foul on you, but also get a four-point play out of it. It's some of the most remarkable things we've ever seen. And just like how everyone hated LeBron for a while, it's going to get to a point where if you continue to hate on James Harden, you're just wasting your years of watching greatness and appreciating it because you're not going to see players like this very many times in your lifetime. So to have an elite score, and I'm talking elite scorer like this, it's insane to watch. No, as an all-around NBA player, yes, he's lazy on defense most of the time. and He's he, kind of... Oh, I said sometimes, yeah, I said bit, sometimes, yeah. but at, at this point... He's an elite scorer and one of the best scorers around. If not, you can have the debate that he's the best scorer around. So I'm not going to have that debate right now, but he has to be top three. Has to be. You're talking about in the NBA right now? In the now. NBA right now. I, Probably I, number one. He, I, who else is the more elite I don't think you can scorer, argue about scorer. anyone else. I totally agree. And um, he's playing out of his mind. But funny enough, I want you guys to go check out on the website. Mike's most recent article on UnwrappedSports.com is a hot take that although Harden's playing out of his mind, He's not the MVP, and I want you guys to go read that. I'm not going to say anything else there. We can give our opinions, but his article extremely well-written and makes a lot of points that makes me question it, so I really want you guys to go check that one out. Yeah, I, I think he is the MVP right now, but we'll save that right. discussion for another time. Really quickly, just some stats from his game tonight. So he finished with 61 points, 17 of 38 from the field, 5 for 20 on threes, but he also took 25 free throws and made 22 of them. 25. He had 15 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, he had that streak of, I believe it was like 115 straight points with all of them being unassisted. I don't know if um, all of these 61 were or unassisted tonight. I believe they were. He's just doing everything completely by himself. And the more concerning thing, so he dropped, uh, what was it, 58 points against the Brooklyn Nets back on January 16th, yeah. and they lost. Yeah. He goes and plays the Knicks in the Garden. Knicks are not a good team this year. He drops 61 they win by four points. No, that's what I'm saying. He has to do it all in order to keep the team in that. It's not even he's taking a great team and doing historic stuff on top of it, kind of like the Warriors every once in a while when they are playing at full health. He is just having to keep his team afloat. And if he wasn't, they'd be a 10 seed right now. Yeah. And which this, is sad, which is sad. It is. I mean, this team without him, obviously, once Chris Paul does come back, whenever that is, they're going to get a lot better. But you still have to be concerned that Chris Paul is probably going to end up breaking down again at some point this yeah. year. Hopefully, it's not like last year where it comes in the playoffs when you need just one more win to get to the finals. But what James Harden's been able to do with the Rockets, this is the most impressive run that I can ever remember in the NBA for right. scoring or rebounding any one statistic, him being able to do this. And he's playing at an MVP level right now. My concern is that if he continues to keep doing this, which we both agree he's going to have to do for the Rockets to have a good seed in the playoffs, by the time the playoffs come around, it's just how much longer can you continue to put in 
this much effort. And this and is a seven-game series we're talking as well. Can Harden outman an entire team by himself to win four games out of seven? Especially when the opposing team is able to focus just solely on him. They don't right. have another game the next night or right. two nights exactly. against a different team. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Really quickly, um, I just want to bring up, so Kobe Bryant, yesterday it was his 13-year anniversary from when he had scored 81, 81 points, points against the Raptors. In today's NBA, I know Harden's been on this ridiculous scoring run. Is there anyone in the NBA right now that you think could drop 81 points? And if so, who? Uh, I would say James Harden, 100%. But a uh, wild card for me would be Devin Booker. I mean, you saw what he did with his, what, 71-point game or something like that? I mean, he was pretty damn close. So I'm going to say the person that was most close to that number lately, I'm going to give it to him because 81 is unreal. It's I don't think any player can do it right now in the NBA. And if there was going to be one, it'd be the one player that got closest, Booker or James Harden, who's playing out of his mind. I think Harden could do it. And if I had to bet on one player, if someone told me someone's going to score 81 points this year, I'm betting on Harden just because of what he's been doing so 100%. far. But the player that I think is most capable, if every player was in the same type of circumstance, I think it's Kevin Durant because you need someone who... Kevin Durant, unlike James yeah. Harden, James Harden is very crafty and can get to the rim and draw fouls, but you can put a bigger player on him and make it difficult. Right. Kevin Durant's a seven-foot wing. Right. You can't just put a bigger player on him and affect his jump shot. Durant can get a mid-range jumper against anyone whenever he wants. Right. And there are times when Durant is absolutely feeling it and because of that, I think that in a vacuum, Durant would have the best chance. But given the circumstances, yeah, I agree. It's James Harden. And moving on to other Rockets news, we're going to bring up Carmelo Anthony right now and what they had to do to get him off the roster. So kind of a weird situation that we wanted to dive into. They were trying to sign Kenneth Fareed after the Nets bought him out. And he needed to come to the team and they need to cut a player in order to create a roster spot. Hence where the Carmelo Anthony trade came from, to trade him over to the Bulls and paying extra money to the Bulls, pretty much saying, we're going to pay you to take him off our hands, which is absolutely pathetic that it's gotten to this point in Carmelo Anthony's star-studded career, which is very sad to see from someone who's grown up watching you know, the threes to the forehead. That was freaking awesome. And now it's pathetic. He's been on four teams in how long? You know, And how many teams have he spent not even a, not even a second on? Hawks and Bulls. Four put, teams in less than one year. We put up a poll asking which you guys enjoyed more, Hawks, Bulls, or, or sorry, Hawks, Mellow, <laughs> or, or Bulls, Bulls Mellow, and Hawks, Mellow won by like one vote. So I enjoyed the Hawks one more too. I thought he, he robbed them of a little bit more money. That was pretty funny. They're paying him They're paying him like $22, million was, million dollars was, to not be on the robbery. team. This year. That was a robbery. He went and drank a couple bottles of wine after that. Remember that the photos that he posted with the butler pouring his wine right after saying, you know, celebration on that paycheck. But pretty much they had to get rid of him. But because the league office was technically closed on Martin Luther King Day, even though every NBA player and staff was clearly working on Martin Luther and King Day. And the NBA Day, had its marquee match. Of course. So technically, the league office was closed on that Monday, which I think is fucking ridiculous. First off, let me state that. You don't close. if Unless you take the holiday off completely, most of your workers are there you need to be there too and they actually had to cut james nunnally who was on a 10-day contract because they needed kenneth farid in the lineup that night in order to get him on the team so james nunnally lost out on his contract even though they still ended up completing the trade for carmelo anthony days later 
But now Homeboy is left without a job with the Rockets because of the NBA being closed on MLK Day, quote-unquote. Yeah, that's unfortunate just, for Mr. Nunnally. We are sorry. That's ridiculous, though. When you when you're a professional sports league like the NBA or just any professional sports league, especially if you have any games happening that day, you are conducting business. An MLK day, like that's not even an important like league day, like to a point where that is. It's such an important holiday, but it's not Christmas. It's not to a point where you shut down business. Most stores, most malls, restaurants, they're all open on MLK Day. So a lot of places, it's going to be there. It's definitely a big holiday. But if you have, like you said, marquee games and your players are playing, you should be there too. Just like restaurants are open and malls are open because not everything shuts down for MLK Day. Plain yeah. and simple. No, MLK Day is an extremely important of holiday. Course, it's important to celebrate it. The NBA celebrates it by having all by having games on the day and treating their fans to great games throughout the entire right. day. It's and insane. remembering MLK throughout Martin Completely. Luther King throughout and they all the wear entire day. Awesome pregame shirts, everything like that, and you see a bunch of awesome tributes throughout the day. But yeah, but to not have your league office open and for a professional sports crazy. franchise to have to. Make a decision based on the league office not being open versus them being able to decide based on what's best for the team. That's ridiculous, and I really hope, I really hope that they change that to where they're open every single day. Have, they, have, they, have a hotline for God's sake! All, yeah, all, seriously, have all, someone all at they, the phone. All they had to do, they just needed to be able to conduct the trade call on I that approve. day. They couldn't nope, do that. Sounds good. Like, Co- the commission, the commissioner couldn't take. 30 seconds, he was on TNT. Walk out, walk out the room, take a phone call. He was, on, he was on Inside the NBA that same oh day. He couldn't have just taken the phone call. No, and no. I know it's not the commissioner. No, because he's, the... he's off that day. He's chilling. <laughs> yeah, it just it needs to be fixed. So let's move on to some more somewhat trade news. Uh, Kemba Walker, the Charlotte Hornets point guard, is most likely not going to be traded before the trade deadline. Perry, what do you think about that? Do you think that's the right move? I saw Mavericks floating around, so if he was going to get traded, that was one place that I saw was generating the most interest for him and trying to put together a package, but I don't think MJ knows what he's doing. I think he knows he has a star. He knows that you can consider him disgruntled. You can consider him not happy. He's made public comments that he needs more support on the team, I don't think MJ knows what he's doing, honestly. I think he likes being a 7, 8, 9 seed. I think that's just where he's comfortable as an owner, not as a player. He liked to win as a player, but I don't think that same winning mindset now continues later on in Michael Jordan's career. I'm so unimpressed with him as the owner of a team. I'm more impressed with Mark Cuban than I am with him. And Mark Cuban, of course, won the ring, but I'm talking about late Mark Cuban with this team as shitty as they are. At least he's trying. At least he's going out and making moves, trying to you know make this happen. Look at Luca. Look at all the people he signed. DJ, all these things. He's trying to at least get a formula in there. I don't see what the fuck you're doing, and you have no direction. So I'm not happy with what you're doing. And if I was Kemba, yeah, MJ having him there, you know, he's a good mentor, but clearly he's not making the moves to help you win. You want to win now. You only have so many years in your prime. Five years from now, when you finally scratch a fifth seed, that's not enough. Yeah, I think Jordan, I mean, the competitiveness, I don't think, has gone away at all. It's just he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to be an NBA owner and either himself make sure that the team gets to where he wants them to be or hire the right people to where they get to where he wants them to be. Because the Hornets for the past 
five-ish years. They've been the epitome they've, of mediocre. They've been stuck in NBA purgatory. Just like where the magic. You're at the very bottom of the playoff race where you just get swept or five-game series in the first round, right. and then you do it again the next year. And that's going to be really frustrating for Kemba Walker. And you have he Kemba deserves, who's playing out of his mind. He deserves year. a lot better than what he's been given. And for the Hornets, I just think it makes complete sense to trade him because... Yes, right now you're in the seven, so, seven spot in the East. You're two games ahead of the nine seed, so it's a decent chance you make the playoffs. But so what? You're going to end up losing to the Bucks or Raptors, five games in the someone round. in the first round, and then Kemba's gone. Why would he resign? Maybe he, he probably hates Charlotte. He probably wakes up every day and is like, damn, where's the closest Applebee's? Like, that's what I'm saying. There's nothing to look forward to in Charlotte. There's no nightlife. There's nothing like that to where it's like, oh, damn, that's New York. That's Chicago. That's L.A. That's anywhere except for there. So at this <laughs> point, I think the you know appeal of the city isn't there. Clearly, MJ doesn't have that winning drive as an owner, and clearly he hasn't put the right coaches and right people in personnel positions to set them up for success. So I think Kemba's just sick and tired of it. So if he can get traded, I don't think he cares where he gets traded to. Yeah, and with the Hornets, you trade Kemba, yeah, you probably don't make the playoffs, but you set yourself up for more success. A rebuild or something. Otherwise, Look yeah. at the Nets. The otherwise, Nets are doing better this year, and it took they had the worst trade in history. And had no direction. Yeah. They were just taking on stupid they've, contracts. At least they have really a rebuild. Well. Oh they've my god! Really like look what they, at least they're trying. I mean, they're the sixth seed in the East right so now. At least they're at least really as an organization. Russell's been looking good. Look at they brought in D Russ. They brought in people like Spencer they're Dinwiddie. trying, and you are not trying. You were getting lucky because you got Kemba. Yeah, I mean, who knows if the Hornets offer Kemba? Uh, max extension if he takes the money and stays with them i don't think so i doubt it they too. can they offer him a super max that's gonna he be would a have that's to a he would have to make an all nba team this year one of the three all nba teams which is possible. possible it's possible the way he's been playing so right. but even with the super max just with what kemba's been having to deal with what difference does it make if you're making 220 million dollars over the next five years versus 160 170 million over the next four right it's a lot of money that's more money than i would be able to spend in my entire lifetime i would just, I would just shit my pants if someone showed me that much money <laughs> yeah, give, give I, me a chunk i need some right now but i mean the hornets they can get some good pieces for kemba walker and set themselves up for a better future going forward uh but it sounds like that's just not something that they're willing to do so right we'll see but hopefully for their sake they change their tune about all of that Let's move on to Anthony Davis. Uh, so he's been dealing with a finger injury. He may be back from the finger injury next week, according to his agent, Rich Paul. He's going to be reevaluated every 48 to 72 hours until he's cleared, which I just found that odd. I don't know. I've never heard of someone being reevaluated that, that quickly. Often. Yeah. But it's probably a good sign if he keeps getting, if something can change that quickly, then that's great. And hopefully we see him back on the court pretty soon next, next week. Anthony Davis is one of those players. He's so exciting to watch, but he's another guy that's drowning there. Last year, they made a, a very good run. And in my opinion, when they let go of Boogie Cousins and brought in Julius Randle, they improved as a team. So to see them not better this year than they were last, they're at the 12th seed right now. 22 and 26. If I'm AD, I'm furious. I don't know what direction they're going in. I don't know what to do. So you can only do so much. I think Rich Paul, yeah, it seems like he's trying to get him back on the court ASAP. I think it's just for 
a bigger picture. I think he's trying to find the quickest way to get AD out of there. If that's rather milking this injury until the end, if that's rushing him back quicker, whatever leverage point of view that they're looking at, it's not him in a Pelicans jersey whenever he has the chance to opt out. I think that's just the clear indication there's not going to be a big AD to Boston trade, but at some point he's going to be leaving. If that's not this year, it'll be next or the year after, but he's not going to die in New Orleans just like Kemba's not going to go die in Charlotte. Yeah, I think any Anthony Davis trade is not going to happen until after the Pelicans have offered him the Supermax right. and he's turned it down because right. that's the card that the Pelicans hold until they use that card. There's no there's no sense to do that. Also because the Celtics literally cannot trade for Anthony Davis as long as they have Kyrie Irving on their roster until Irving um, until the contract that he signed after his rookie deal is up right. this offseason. So it doesn't make sense. Uh, the Pelicans being a worse team this year than last year. Yes, part of it also is because they had Rajon Rondo last year. This year, they had Alfred Payton, who, when he's been healthy, has been good for them. But he's been dealing with injuries, too. So it's just unfortunate the position that they're in. Uh, I'm not a still... big Alvin Gentry fan either. I never have been. So I'm not a big lover of his direction and the passion that he shows on the court. That's just how I've always felt about yeah, Gentry. They're still only four games out of the eight seed. So they... By no means is their season done with. but No, but they're the 12 seed right now yeah. when they were debatably a top, what, two team, top three team last year in the West. You could have made an argument. Obviously, with seeding, it was so confusing at the end there. But yeah, talent-wise, right you know, AD was making a push for a top seed the entire year last year. And then they sweep the and Blazers. That was with, and that was without Boogie. the Blazers in the playoffs. That yeah. was without Boogie at the end of the year is when they really started turning that up. So Boogie or not, you know, they brought on Julius Randle. Rajon Rondo did not, you know, make seven seeds difference. No way. Not seven seeds. No, but he did help a lot once oh, they got course. to the playoffs. But that's, but, that's, you know, yeah. fifth seed to a seventh seed. That's a, a two-seed bounce. That's And then when it comes to playoffs, that's playoff Rondo. That's when he actually yeah. turns it on. Not in the regular season. This is ridiculous. Let's move on to Rondo's current team, and we'll talk about Rondo a little bit too. So just some injury news with the Lakers. Lonzo Ball suffered that grade three ankle sprain against the Houston Rockets on Saturday. Yeah. Grade three ankle sprains is something you rarely see. You only see it a few times per season. Grade three ankle sprains mean that you suffered some ligament damage too, that you tore a ligament in your ankle. That four to six week timeline for Alonzo Ball, I think that's really optimistic. You look at last year, Reggie Jackson dealt with a grade three ankle sprain. He was out for 12 weeks. Wow. Dion Waiters had a grade three ankle sprain. I believe it was last year or two years ago. I think it was last year with the Heat and he missed I think even more than 12 weeks. It's a really tough injury to come back from and it's just so rare. Um, Lonzo Ball, he's someone who's he dealt with injuries last year. This year he was doing okay injury-wise and he was just starting to find his stride. The Lakers as a team, you could see it completely against the Rockets on Saturday. The moment Lonzo Ball went down with that injury, that's when all hell broke loose for them. They had had like a 20-point lead on the Rockets in Houston. They were shutting down James Harden. And Lonzo Ball, he just defensively, he makes such a difference, both from a team defensive standpoint and also individually. He's just so smart as a defensive player and a basketball player overall. To see him go down with that injury, the Lakers training staff, I don't believe anything that they say as far as duration for an injury to heal 
LeBron James was day to day after his groin yep, injury. Yep. We knew right away he was day missing multiple weeks. What the hell? Yeah, he's I, still day to day. He's still not in. Yeah, exactly. So we're gonna mark this as a ten week injury at the very least. We'll say ten to twelve, considering what Corbin just said about past injuries, and that's being realistic. Yeah, four, I mean, honestly, four to six if, is if optimistic to say the least. If Lonzo's back before the beginning of April before yeah. like a week yeah, or two gonna, before the playoffs. That's a win. Hopefully for by March. We'll see. Yeah. But on a good note, Rajon Rondo, the Lakers other point guard is supposed to possibly be back tomorrow against the Minnesota. Yeah, he said he was optimistic and not to bank on it, but he thinks he's a definite possibility. So knowing Rondo, he'll be in tomorrow. He's a tough dude. And if anything, it's one more game, but what front office has said was Svi Mikhailuk was in discussion to be the starting one in the meantime, and they made Brandon Ingram the one. And every time I see that Brandon Ingram is the starting point guard, I just cringe a little bit. Not that he can't take the ball up, and not that he couldn't figure out how to play point guard, but he's not a point guard, plain and simple. And every time I watch it, it reminds me that Brandon Ingram is not a point guard. So it pisses me off when they put him in there thinking it's going to be the same kind of court vision. And it's, you have to have a floor general. That's what I look as a point guard. It's more of a FG, not a PG. Floor general. Yeah. That's it. You need. I don't give a shit if Lonzo puts more than 10 points a game his entire career. That is the exact point guard that the Lakers need. And he got overhyped by his father. Yes. People thought he was going to be this superstar. He's not. He's a star. And in the best way possible he does everything that you want from a guy off the box score he does the highest iq that i've seen on a young player in a very long time the passes he makes are precise and like corbin said he is an amazing defender something none of us expected this kid if he's able to play enough games to qualify this year he's making an all nba defense team so yeah, i'm he's in, not, he's not going to unfortunately game. but you know he's exactly playing like that and you got to give him credit because did Lonzo Ball come in as the best defender in the draft? That wasn't what he was. No. That wasn't what we were that hoping for. That was my for. biggest concern with him. You said defense. You said the inability to you know fight through screens and everything like that. I remember your exact scouting report coming from Summer League last year. And we'll talk about Summer League in a little bit. But Lonzo's found ways to be the best NBA player that he can be. Not the player that his father hyped him up to be. So he is an amazing point guard for the Lakers in that system. And having him go down right now helps a team that lacks defense to begin with. So this is tough, and having Rajon Rondo, at least you'll have that floor general IQ back, and you'll have a guy that sees the floor differently than a man like Brandon Ingram who shouldn't be playing the one ever. Yeah, but I mean, to Luke Walton's credit, you look at the Lakers team and you do not think of them as a defensive team. I believe they're sixth in the NBA in defensive rating. Luke Walton's a really good defensive um, head coach. But offensively, he leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, this is the third year that he's been the head coach, and you still don't know exactly You're still scratching what, your what head. their offense is like. Right. It's basically, oh, now we have LeBron. LeBron, yeah, please, Le please LeBron doesn't miss us. the playoffs. He doesn't please miss the playoffs. Us. Please help us. Do you hear what Rondo said yesterday? They asked him the chances that the Lakers weren't going to make it out of the West. He said, we have LeBron James. When's the last time he didn't make the playoffs? Yeah. He didn't give a shit about the rest of the team. He didn't even know who half the team is, probably. He just said, oh, LeBron James sounds good. We're going to get an eight seed at the very least. And as, then it's game on from there. As long as LeBron can stay healthy once he comes back. And no, he's day-to-day. -day. Come on. No, but I'm saying as long as he doesn't re-injure his groin or get injured any other way and miss significant time, right. I'm not worried at all about the Lakers missing the playoffs. Like you said, with Lonzo Ball, though, and him turning into a star 
he's a star in so many ways that are not measurable by right. a box score. Exactly. If you don't watch Lonzo Ball and you just look at his stats, you think that he is the biggest disappointment, biggest number or biggest not the biggest, not the one biggest, of one, of, one of the bigger disappointments out of a you number like Kwame, two, you got like out of a Brown. number two draft pick in a long time. We had a Twitter poll that was up a week or so ago asking which Lakers former number two pick has been the biggest disappointment between Brandon Ingram, D'Angelo Russell, and Lonzo Ball. And I think a lot of people would say that Lonzo Ball has been the biggest disappointment. Honestly, out of those three, and I know D'Angelo Russell has been playing really well lately, Lonzo Ball has been the least disappointing. And for our poll, 51% of you guys said Brandon Ingram was most disappointing. Totally Lonzo, agree. Lonzo Ball, 30%. D'Angelo Russell, 19 I agree, too. I think it's Ingram. If you had asked me this two months ago, before D-Russ started putting on the ice in my veins shit, it would have been D-Russell, no matter what. That would have been 88%, promise you. But because of the amount of production he's putting up this year and how much he's improved, it's, it's amazing to see D'Angelo Russell taking the role that he's taken on the Nets. It's Brandon Ingram by a long shot. Yeah, and D'Angelo Russell, since the new year started, he's shooting 50-40-90 club. 50% field goals, 40% threes, 90% free throws. Shooting, I think, 82% on free throws as a whole this year. That was the most frustrating thing for me when he was on the Lakers because he seemed like he should be such a better shooter three-point-wise and free-throw percentage, but especially free-throw-wise, he was hovering down around 72 73%. Yeah, I saw he has more 30-point games this year than he had in his first three yeah. years combined. He's really come on this year, and it's a contract year for him, so he's playing himself into a really nice contract going forward. And I'll put money that he sticks around in Brooklyn, too. I don't think oh, he's going anywhere. They're not going to let him leave. He's yeah. a restricted free agent. He is... No, the, I, but I mean past this year, too. I think he's going to stick around yeah. in Brooklyn for a while. No, he's the biggest piece to their rebuilding right. efforts, and he kind of signified their whole Completely. rebuilding effort. He was the first step in the right direction. Right. Really quickly with LeBron James, before we move off the Lakers stuff, he's still out. He's not going to be playing tomorrow against the Minnesota Timberwolves. He has started practicing with the Lakers, but he hasn't been cleared for... I saw five on five with some contact. Yes, he hasn't been cleared for full contact yet. But you look at the Lakers schedule, they have the Timberwolves on tomorrow, and then they play the Phoenix Suns on Sunday. Then they play the Philadelphia 76ers on the following Tuesday. I think that's the game when LeBron probably comes back because it doesn't make sense to have him come back against the Suns, a team that you're at home... You should win that game, especially if you have Rondo. Lakers have disappointed at home before with the Cavs and Knicks, but you really should win that game. And you want LeBron to to come back at home. You want him to feel comfortable. But even if he does miss that Philly game, the game after that, Thursday the 31st, is at the LA Clippers, which is going to be at home. So even though it's technically not a home game, if for whatever reason he can't make it back by that Tuesday, I wouldn't be surprised to see him slip him into the visiting locker room, technically, at Staples Center on Thursday. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Well, actually, when the Lakers are at Staples Center, they have their own locker room, whether they're home or away. If the Lakers are playing the Clippers, don't they like swap? You know, no, one the, plays so at home, one plays there at home. is a home locker room and away locker room, and then there is a locker room specifically for the Lakers. The Clippers <laughs> yeah. have to switch locker rooms if they're happen? on the road. It was part of when they built Staples Center. Nice. The Lakers said, "We'll come play here," but. You build us our own locker room, and, and they said, "Okay, yes, you got you got Shaq and Kobe at the time, yeah." What else do you want? That's big dick energy there, guys. (laughs) All right, let's move on to some more possible trade news. The Grizzlies entertaining offers for Mike Conley and Mark Gasol. Uh, We had a Twitter poll. 
asking you guys um, who had more had trade, more trade value. value before Mark Gasol between Mark Gasol and Mike Conley. And 65% of you guys said Mike Conley. I actually said Mark Gasol because Mike, I said Mark Gasol too. Yeah, Mike Conley has the injury. Three well, yeah, the injury aspect, and then also he has three years left on his contract. That's including a player option at around thirty million next year, going all the way up to around thirty-five million uh, three years from now. Mark Gasol, he is a player option for next year, which but, he's going to opt into. Yeah. But it's also around twenty-five million. Right, and so, I, I hate Mike Conley's hair now too. So I wouldn't <laughs> want that shit on my roster. It's just the injury problems. Uh, Marcus Saul, although Mike Conley might be a better player right now for how much you're having to pay Mike Conley and for an additional year, and you have that injury stuff on top right. of that. I don't think either player has much trade value, and I'm interested to see what, what type get, of offers yeah. are going to be even rumored to be offered. I just think it's going to be like a swap of some bad contracts, and maybe the Grizzlies can take back a bad contract and trade out Gasol or Conley along with Chandler Parsons. Yeah, something like that. Or the other way where they pull a Nets and have to pull in a Mozgov, but get a good piece like D'Angelo Russell with them or something like that. Maybe a Dennis Smith Jr., even though it seems like he's fixed the relationship and he's not going to be traded now. That's what the reports are. Just something along the lines where you're going to have to give up something to get something. Let's move on to really quickly talking about the Las Vegas Summer League. So the official dates for the Summer League are going to be July 5th through the 15th. Perry and I will both be there. I think Christian's going to be there as well. We're going to try to put together some sort of event or meetup so that we can meet whoever is coming to Summer League. If you guys haven't been to the Vegas Summer League, I really encourage you guys to try to get out there. It's so much fun. Uh, tickets are, I think, 25 30 bucks, and you're able to sit wherever you want. So you get there early in the day, like it's Harry and I will be. Ever seen the Hunger yeah. Games? Same thing, but you got to go rush for a seat. Winner gets you, the whole thing. You have, to, you have to be dedicated, too. Last summer, <laughs> I think it was, I was waiting out front for like an hour before they open because you want to have the best seats. You want to sit right there. You got all the best incoming rookies and sophomores playing right in front of you. You're able to scout all of them. It's just, it's heaven for me. Just being able to see all of that stuff all day. All the different players. Going Obviously, I've religiously watched it, but I haven't been able to make it out to the summer league myself with my boys. So this year, 100% going. And we're looking at the 5th to the 7th, probably opening weekend when there's going to be the majority of the teams there playing. So if you guys are thinking about booking a trip and you are listening to our podcast, you have definitely hit us up. Hit us up on uh, Twitter and we could try and figure out some dates. Like Corbin said, we're going to definitely try and get a meetup there. If it's not at the actual stadium, something like at our Airbnb, or we can go meet up at a restaurant, anything like that to where we can interact with you guys and us too and just have some fun out in Vegas. Even if that means, you know, hitting a club that night or doing something fun, you know, I'll be your guy. I'll be your tour. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And so we're going to try to do the fifth to the seventh, like Perry said. The reason for that is that the following weekend, it's going to be the playoffs happening for Summer League where there aren't as many games going on. That first weekend is the most fun time to go to Summer League because you have from, I believe it's like 10, 11 in the morning until 10 at night, you got two games going on at once and you can go between the two different arenas and just see all of the different um, rookies and uh, sophomores go yeah, in. Yeah, and you play. can watch the Lakers just run that shit again. Like, it <laughs> seems like they found a way to just be the best year in and year out there. So, we'll see if it continues this year. We'll see if we hit the jackpot, no pun intended, in the draft. Yeah, hopefully they can transfer that over to the regular season, too. But we'll see about that. Come back, Bron, please. 
We're going to move on to Russell Westbrook and his beef. You know, medium rare, nice and sliced, but he has a found a way to piss off everybody in the NBA. And this stems from, of course, when Joel Embiid rugby tackled him, what was it, four or five days ago? Yes, he didn't have the intent to tackle him because Russ was supposed to go up, but Russ didn't go up, didn't even make a motion to go up, and Embiid came in and just plowed him into another state. So regardless of what, quote-unquote, Embiid's intentions were, it looked bad, and it probably felt bad for Russell Westbrook, too, who got landed on, was on the ground for a solid 30 seconds, grimacing in pain. So after the game, reporters asked him, are you and Joel Embiid cool? And I don't think that necessarily was just for that moment. It's because they've had so much beef in the past. It was, are you cool in general? He turns the camera, says, fuck no. No filter, nothing. What's why Russ is one of my favorite personalities in the league, because he just says it how it is, and he doesn't care what you think. So that was one thing that I wanted to bring up, but also the fact that Russ has so much beef with other teams as well. Will Russ end his career having beef with every single team and possibly every player in the league? Maybe. Russ is heading that direction right now, but last night they were playing the Trailblazers again. We are recording on Wednesday night, so this was Tuesday, and he was talking to Dame Lillard when Damian Lillard was shooting free throws, said, I've been busting your ass for years. I looked at the stats and the records, and it looks pretty neck and neck, so I don't think he's been busting his ass for years, but the Thunder were winning that game, and even though Dame put up over 30 points and like five or six rebounds, five or six assists, which is a dumb time to say that to the man who's playing well, it's Russ, so he's going to say whatever he wants, whenever he wants. So that's what he did, and somebody else rocked the baby in the game as well. I think it was Evan Turner, and someone asked Russ after the game, oh, do you see him rock the baby? He said, oh, I didn't even see that didn't even like matter to me. You can go rock that baby back to Portland. So he said that, and he called Nurich, that's his name, right? Nurich or whatever? Oh, Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkic called him a clown. So he's got a way to piss off every single player, every single team, every single fan base, unless you're a Thunder fan, or unless you're like me, who kind of fucks with that attitude. So you Russ, see, you're my you, guy. Did you see Nurkic's response on Twitter, though? Someone posted the video of Westbrook calling him a clown. I didn't. Then, what did he say? Uh, he responded, better start calling him Russell Westbrick. Oh man, that's so that's so bad. Come Westbrook's on. been having a okay, down year shooting. That's lines. that's worse than my dad jokes. I, I the other day someone made eggs. I was like, "You're yoking me," and I said, "I hate myself. I want to die." Like I'm my dad now. So, you know, get your joke straight, like me. The last thing we want to talk about today, guys. Coach Popovich was asked today about Brett Brown's statement. Brett Brown is the 76ers head coach. Pretty much giving him props. He's the best coach he's ever seen, ever been with, probably all, all time. And jokingly, Popovich responds to reporters today, extremely funny. He said, he's so full of shit, that's why I got rid of him, kiss ass. And then reporters were laughing, and another reporter didn't laugh and kind of just asked him another question. And he stares him straight in the face and was like, why aren't you laughing at my joke? And it was just so pop. It was so Bill Belichick. It's the exact kind of comment that I would expect. And I think that they are close, and I think that that is just in a joking matter. But look at the quote on our Twitter. He's so full of shit. That's why I got rid of him. Kiss ass. What coach says that? It's so politically incorrect. And I think it's the only coach that can get away with that in this league, Coach Popovich. Popovich and Steve Kerr to a lesser extent. Yeah, he, Steve Kerr's funny, though. Yeah, Popovich. Popovich has a very dry sense of humor. Steve Kerr's a little bit more friendly-ish right. with everyone, but... Popovich is hilarious. I, some people do not like his sideline interviews I where he gets it. those one-word answers. But, I mean, the questions they ask, the, interview, so the interviewers set themselves up. Oh, well, 
How, 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 do, how, how do you stop James Harden from scoring moving forward? You guard him better. You don't. <laughs> what do you want me to say? It's so funny. But yeah, that's all we got for you guys today on NBA Unwrapped. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. We want to remind you guys that you can find our podcast on podcast.com, the Apple Podcast app, and the Pulse Podcast Network. You can find all of our podcasts together on unwrappedsports.com, our brand new website. It's amazing, so go check it out. Shout out to the website team that put it together for us. Super appreciative. It's absolutely gorgeous, so go check it out. Uh, We do have some blogs up there right now and a bunch of contributors that are sending us work. We are in the process of editing everything and putting that stuff up this week. So if you would like to join the team, make sure to come DM me, DM Corbin, DM Christian, DM any of our podcast Twitters, and we'll be sure to set you up, get you going. We are just looking for talent that wants to grow, wants to learn, wants a platform, just loves sports as much as we do. We take care of our team like a family. We hope they do the same for us. So we're just looking for good people. And, you know, it's an early time to get in. So it's a good time to get in now. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. And we'll catch you guys next time.